Uh, hello, I, I am, I, I am, I'm, 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 I'm Brian. That was Bobby Flay. <laughs> yeah, not in this case. Yeah. Why? That doesn't make. You're useless. That... Ah! All right. It is season seven, episode eleven, which rhymes of the Whales or Whales pod cast. Uh oh, uh oh, this. Uh oh, it, it's haunt, it's haunted. Oh, oh, <gasps> guys, we get to yes. do spooky story time today. Oh, that's amazing, Cameron, because I am sitting out on the patio where we did that in person the first time oh, you visited yeah. us. Oh my goodness, we did that was Bobby Flay. It was all about Bobby <laughs> Flay. It was. was original. Was what was original the joke that made it made me laugh so hard? It was like. He went to the city something where right. people are, or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, that's right. You remember it that was a classic Brian Flounder where it's like, so oh, then Bobby Flay went with his knife to the city where people are. <laughs> no, I think that was me. I don't think that was Brian. Oh, was yeah, it Cameron? I think, that, I think it was Cameron. Oh, fairly wow. certain. It um, sounds like me. That there. sounds like <laughs> anyway. Ryan, but I'll trust Cameron I think I was this. flummoxed because that was our first story time, and I didn't quite, like, get yeah. it yet. And I was yeah. kind of just trying to, like, make a real story. But yeah. you guys were making a jokey story, and I was like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was... I think that was the first story time ever. Yeah. Man, but, but people um, listening to this episode must be really confused because they don't know our names yet. So we should oh, probably... Yeah, right. <laughs> Help them uh, out. Hello, I, I am, I, I am, I'm, 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 I'm Brian. Um, <laughs> over, I'm a little nervous. Uh, <laughs> I've only been doing this for literally 13 years. It's fine. Jo- join, joining me today is Stephen. Hello, Stephen, my my brother. Uh, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> and Cameron. Hello, Cameron. I will now say my or say my intro in the way I did in episode one of Disembodied Voices. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a good impression. <laughs> well, it wasn't me. I'm impressed impersonating. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I'm also, very good at I've, impersonating my childhood self. I, I have found. I have found episode seven. Cameron visits Houston and tells ghost stories to podcast. Oh uh, yeah. So whoever's editing this, and, uh, play the the one bit we were talking about with the where sure. People live here is here is the description for that episode. The sun is down, the lights are dimmed, and Cameron has traveled across the country to sit on Stephen and Brian's porch. Now that these three compatriots are in the same physical space, plinking a microphone down on a table and staring one another in the eyes becomes not fiction, but reality. Video games are a popular subject, particularly the lovable, genderless mushroom people from Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker oh, yeah. and Cameron's Journey Through Journey. Oh, yeah. The mysterious battle, uh, sorry, the mysterious bat-filled forest that is Houston, Texas, inspires Oof. more than mere conversation. Ghost stories are told around the mosquito-repellent lantern and whispered words that clutch the heart with fear and kick the shin with plot. Okay, Stephen wrote this. <laughs> yeah, I was literally about to say I wrote that. <laughs> clutch the heart with fear and kick the shin with plot twists. These tales include one, Dave the pine tree. Okay. Two, the flying spaghetti monster. Okay. And three, the sky from the light turned off, including the moon, featuring Bobby Flay. <laughs> That was the Brian line. <laughs> no, 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 sure. that's the same one. That's the same one because he. It's dark, and so I. I think the joke was like, okay, we should just listen to this. We should go find this like right now. Let's do it. I, <laughs> and just break this whole podcast apart yeah. and find it. It was a very dark night. If we lived outside of Houston, the sky was not so dark, but all of a sudden, the sky from the light turned off, including this moon. So the sky was completely dark. That's the setting. <laughs> yeah. We need to keep talking. Like you can't try yeah. to stop. You can't pick your stopping. I'm, I'm saying that I'm so I am, bad at this. I am completely guilty of doing the same thing. This is why I'm not a writer. People. Okay. You know, I don't. Most good writers would be bad at this because good no good writer should be good at this. <laughs> All right, Stephen. <clears throat> Ready? Going? Yeah. One, yeah. two, three, go. The forest was completely covered in an inky blackness, and the one person who happened to be walking through and enjoying a pleasant evening with his flashlight happened to be Bobby Flay. I I could have easily gone down a bad road, for sure. (laughs) His flashlight, of course, went out, 
along with everything else. <laughs> okay. I have such a good idea. What do you idea? mean everything else? You better not else? mess this up. I have a really good idea. <laughs> what do you mean everything else? What? What do you mean everything else? His flashlight went off. Yes. Like everything else. Like oh, all the like everything else. And. Is how and. I <laughs> okay. He was afraid. But he was Bobby Flay, so he decided he would cook some spaghetti. A tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> but then he realized he had no cooking implements, nor spaghetti, and he was in the middle of a dark forest. So instead, instead, instead he decided to seek shelter in an old, eerie, abandoned cave. Time. Well, what was I going to do? This cave was off in the distance and knew he had to get there first. And so the trek between the cave and himself was at least 10 feet, so he just got there really quickly and it was all, it was all good. <laughs> Once he was in the cave, the darkness surrounded him even more as there was no lights in the caves. Uh, um, He's not very smart. In this cave, he happened to find something he really didn't expect. It was an entire Time. set. Oh, shoot. I hope your idea got across. <laughs> it didn't, but it's okay. Okay. <coughs> Somebody's timing. Okay. It was an entire set of... I didn't Go. say of. Oh, Sorry. I'm putting words in your mouth. Yes, it you was are. an entire set. Go. Of ceremonial knives. This seemed to be a welcome res- respite from the terrible darkness of the forest, but no, they were covered in blood and gore and ancient, ancient, evil black magic. Bobby Flay wanted to leave immediately, but when he turned to go, he couldn't. He simply, physically, mentally couldn't. Huh? He picked up one of the knives. It had a good weight to it. Excellent balance. He thought, balance this could cut salmon very well. In fact, I should do a show on how this could cut salmon very well. And as he thought this, he thought about cutting, not salmon, but people. We need a dramatic pause, Cameron. Do we really? Yeah. I mean, you just totally skipped <laughs> Ah! Go. B- Bobby Flay trekked back into the city where he knew that people were. <laughs> 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 and then he stabbed him. <laughs> All right, our story's done. Fine. I was actually going to go somewhere with that, and I screwed myself <laughs> over. Uh, Steven, no, you got to continue this. Okay. Uh, right. No, did okay. Let's pretend him? I didn't say he stabbed. Or maybe yeah, he did. Whatever yeah, he did. He stabbed him. Right. Go. <laughs> In the papers the next morning, Bobby Flay. Murderer. Bobby Flay. Monster. Many people already suspected this, but no one knew. Now they did. No one saw that forest go dark. No one but Bobby Flay. His flashlight, the moon, all his own perspective. What happened to him in that forest? Nope. But he really cares. (laughs) (laughs) The end. You gotta finish it, man. The end. You got 15 seconds to go. Oh, sorry. Epilogue. (laughs) Bobby Flay lived a very peaceful life afterwards when he bought a ranch. Okay. Until the night he decided to make spaghetti. time. I got really drunk that night. No. No, We can can look it up later. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm kind of tired. uh, It's very late. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I would not call this very late. It's nine of the clock, sir. Well, to be fair, it's two hours earlier for Cameron, so we could be arguing about this for a while. <laughs> I would also point. not call nine o'clock very late. I would call that, no, like... Late. I wouldn't even call maybe. it late. I would call it, like, the start of maybe late a little. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, Stephen, I'm very tired, and it's the start of maybe late a little, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. The start of maybe late a little? <laughs> it's the so start of maybe late should... a little, and I all think... the lights no, went out, and Maybe late a little? Have to go I think up. we need to structure this podcast based on that podcast, um, since it's just so dang similar. Mm. So, oh yeah, by the way, it's Halloween be... when we're recording this. It, that, <laughs> that's not obvious. <laughs> we, we, we su- yeah, last time it was just April, so I don't know why we were telling spooky oh, you, stories. Oh, yeah, why were we? Uh, uh, Stephen has a weird sense of the spooky. He just randomly, <laughs> like, he did a Thanksgiving drama and made it scary. So, oh, that's he... right. <laughs> oh, but that wasn't his fault though. That <laughs> yeah, was supposed that to was... be a Halloween mm. thing. Yeah. Um, no one's anyway. To know that. So oh, to, to, shoot! La 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 la. You can't oh, retroactively law. <laughs> <The> di- <laughs> Why not? 
<laughs> the disembodied voices lore i'm sure everyone is very attached to oh yeah uh, and, i'm sure that no one now, is listening to this cares so much there i'm sure no one is listening to this oh by uh, the way i have a really sad thing to to note that i'm pretty sure that your mother has been leaving the, the only like on all of our podcasts for like years now she did not like the newest episode we have oh no it's there it wasn't there like two days ago all right it uh, took her a whole wait, month wait. to listen to it I, I don't think it's her yeah it's she doesn't listen oh really no, it must be. I'm hoping it's Edgar Allan. Oh, I guess it could be. We we always get one like on all of our episodes could be within a, a week or so. <laughs> yeah. But this the, the like on this one took forever. It I, it, it wasn't yeah. there like two days ago. Was it an unlikable episode? I thought it was. Well, it was the one we talked about, like the worst day of my life. It is the one where Stephen actually doesn't leave. So maybe this person. Oh, doesn't I like see Stephen. the issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I we haven't actually gotten a comment from Edgar Allan for a while. So if you're still listening, wow, one. <laughs> Two, uh, leave a comment. Let us know how you're doing. You're yeah, how's your, how's your year been going, man? How's if you leave a going? comment, um, then I will make a poem for you since you're Edgar Allen. And no, I'll, Stephen, I'll we don't. Do a good poem. We did that already. We disincentivize did, him. We literally I'll, did that already. I made a poem for Edgar Allen. Did you yeah. now? Stephen is just trying uh-huh. to steal Cameron's thunder. He always usual. does that. Jeez. So as I was saying, I'm trying to steal Cameron's thunder, making quite a blunder to make a poem for. Edgar Allen Poe. <laughs> okay, we're moving on. Um, I want to structure this like that uh, that other episode. So we must start here by talking about video games. Do you think you guys can do that? Yes. I've been playing a really good video game, so I could totally do this. Excellent. I have not. Cameron. Oh. Wait, really? If you've... I don't think the one I'm bringing I would not qualify as really good. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, Wait, the one uh-oh. I'm bringing. Hmm. Oh, okay, yeah, I know. I know you're both been playing together, so this is going to be an interesting discussion. Um, mm. uh, I've been playing Resident Evil Four VR. Cameron, what? Uh-huh. I've been playing Resident Evil Four. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh? Why? I have two, and I don't classify it as a good game. No, All right. Really. Well, I literally not, hate I'm you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Well, um, this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Tell me about the the VR version. Yeah, oh my gosh. Wait, hold on. I actually just first want to know why were you playing Resident Evil 4 VR for Halloween? Uh, well, I mean, just not VR, obviously, but yeah, and, and, and I'm playing the Xbox version, which is a very good version, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Xbox, I've one. played every single version of that game. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's very high definition. I'm impressed. Um, it's okay in HDR. I don't know, it looks pretty good for a GameCube game. That's um, true. Uh, so I listened to a podcast, which is basically a book club, but for video games, and they chose Resident Evil 4 for uh halloween and mm. so i said to myself well you know what it's on sale and i've been wanting to follow along with this podcast for a while but never had like never lined up and i'm like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna play it okay cool um so actually getting away from the vr section of it for a second um i remember when we played it together and we got to the island and mm-hmm. and um you guys you guys weren't really into it i was kind of making you play it um and then we got to the island and it became a little more action oriented and i remember this you guys said yeah, the game is just really actiony now. I get it, and I don't want to play anymore. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to the island, I realized that the game is just ridiculously well-paced because it's not just an action romp the rest of the time through the island. Mm-hmm. There's some seriously scary, atmospheric, horrible parts to be in VR specifically. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and, it, and it divides them up perfectly. Yes, there is probably a little more action in the island section than there is in like the castle. Wouldn't you say that it's like a general detractor's uh, you know, point that the island is the weakest part of the game? You know, that's what, I'm, that's what I was actually getting at. Is actually, I don't think that anymore. I think that's the general consensus. I think everyone's like, ooh, the island is the worst because it becomes super action-y. And I'm like, and I just, having just played through it twice, by the way, I played through it twice already. Um, I don't agree with that anymore. I think the island is, uh, the, the highs, the highs are a little higher in terms of action. The action highs are a little higher. There's a little more of it. It's a little more bombastic. But then the, the, the spookies are the most spooky of the entire game. Hmm. Um, and I think it, once again, I think Resident Evil 4 is like the perfectly paced game. I think its balance is almost, it, it's flawless. I think it's, I think it's flawless. Um, and I think that continues with the island. I think they ramp up the action and they ramp up the spooky and they combine it perfectly. Um, and so, yeah, I would, I would go against the grain of what everyone says. The island is the worst part of the game. I think it's actually very good having gone back to it twice in you know the past week or so. Do you think it can be the? Do you think it can be the worst part of the game and very good? 
Okay, I see what you're saying. Compared to the other spots, is, is it still not as good as the other places? It's just really uh, hard to beat that village at the beginning. The village is... Well, the village is the best part of the game, 100%. Like, that's that's just a, a matter of fact, I think. They made a I whole game about village, <laughs> in fact. Uh, that's how good it was. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly... Whatever. Anyways, um, no, no, the village is the best part, um, for sure. The, the, the debate is between the castle and the um, island, and I would argue almost that the castle overstays its welcome a little too long. Um, yeah, Steven, did you I beat the game? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. I just started okay. it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would argue that the castle stays, stays around a little too long. Again, the pacing is great in the castle, but it's grueling, especially when you're playing a professional. It just, it's just like, oh my God, and I can't take anymore, you know? Um, yeah. but that's just, that's just me arguing the finer points. Um, the VR version specifically is easily the coolest way to play Resident Evil 4. Um, I've heard so many good things about it. Uh, what was there? Wow! You what finished happened? that. You finished that sentence in a way that you were going to say more. What I, happened? Oh, that, that, that I've was heard amazing. So many good I about thought it. I dropped off the call for a second. I thought I was saying <laughs> I've heard so many things good about. It. Continue, camera. Well, I just thought you were going to say more stuff, so I really didn't want to interrupt you. I could make that some stuff amazing. up if it would help. Well, no, it's fine. Yes, you've heard a lot of good things about it, and all of the things you've heard good about it are true. Um, they. This is not just some facebook cash grab um which is what i thought it might be at first i thought i thought this was going to be like almost a half-assed kind of like yeah whatever we put it into vr um but no this is a top to bottom remaking of the game um in so much that like they even made custom assets to to do to like for the for the merchant and for cutscenes. um i guess wait i didn't really think about this before is it now first person yeah oh yeah yeah of course how could it not i don't i don't know i guess i just that kind of changes everything. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Um, and what you, what I find, what I find is that it does make the game easier. Um, the game is mm-hmm. is almost. I wouldn't call it a cakewalk, but I would say like eighty percent of it's a cakewalk, and another twenty percent, another fifteen percent is like diff, regular difficulty, and there's like five percent that's really hard still. Um, but that's a way way different ratio than the game usually is, which I would think is like fifty fifty or something. Um, yeah. But but it but it's way 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 more fun. Um, it's it it brings a whole new dimension to the game, and I'm seeing things for the I've played. Okay, just to put it in perspective, I played Resident Evil Four probably two hundred and fifty times. That's just a <laughs> well, guess. That's what I was about to say. Is it is it the coolest experience in the world to like step into the 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 mm-hmm. game that you have mm-hmm. played two hundred fifty times in childhood? Yep, that's exactly what it is. It's this amazing sense of oh my god i, I feel like i've if, if what it feels like is you've watched a, a tv show for 20 years and then you go to visit the set of the yeah. tv show and you get to walk around on the set and, and interact with the characters and you're, you're part of the tv show now you know um and vr does that vr is that is that cool and it's 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 well done enough vr that it it, it makes it 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 it, it, tra- it transitions that it brings you to the world so well um and uh it's i man i it's one of the best games that it's ever been made. I just this playing it in VR and learning and and really you you get almost a you get almost a more granular experience. You can see things up close. You can see exactly how this was designed. It's almost like looking at this game with a microscope or, mm-hmm. or a magnifying glass, mm-hmm. and you see that oh crap yeah no this is a really 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 well made game. Like we already knew that it was a really good game, but like you can see the little teeny things they did, and. You would, you know, you look over, the, you look over a fence, you know, because you can't do that in the regular game. But you look over a fence with your, in your VR helmet, and you expect nothing to be there. But when in reality, there's a huge landscape that they filled out, you know, because that's mm-hmm. the kind of game that was. It was just meticulously designed in every single way, and the VR brings that out even more. There's um, something I literally noticed. worth three hundred dollars for the quest. For literally the... worth that much money. <laughs> okay, except unless you're like me and would physically be unable to play this game because it is so scary. I am telling you, Steven, when you have a gun in your hand, you're not scared in VR. I'm just, I'm just telling you, seriously. I'm, I'm scared of the normal game, Cameron. <laughs> I can't play VR. But you're not holding a gun in the normal game, man. Like, you're not physically holding a firearm that can blow people's heads off. I just can't I'm, imagine I'm... being in that upper story room and hearing the chainsaw downstairs and knowing that <laughs> someone could 
physically appear your your own height and with a chainsaw. It's very scary. You would be surprised. I mean, I've been shocked. I, I would try it. I would definitely try it. Um, Resident Evil 7, not so much because that had too much gross out body horror that I wouldn't That's be able fair. to enjoy. But Resident Evil 4, I love the the aesthetic of that game. You should try uh you should try eight then. Oh, I'm excited to. But four was like ten dollars <laughs> so that, that's fair i mean four is the better game i, I mm-hmm. again I, I, my top 10 or my top four video games are like breath of the wild mario half-life 2 re4 and replaying re4 these these two times in a row especially the vr version i'm like man i think it might be better than some of these games it's <laughs> just it's just so unbelievably perfect in every way and i will stand by that and i will defend that to the death <laughs> well let me let me tell you real quick before we move on about my experience sure. playing this game. yes again. please please um, I haven't played it since we played it together, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I got into the game, and the first thing I, I noticed was um, watching the opening cutscene. It was some of the detail stuff you were talking about, where that car um, that uh, the the um, Spanish police are are mm-hmm. driving you in at the beginning. You know, Leon's chilling out in the back, and they're taking yep. you to the village. Um, and it pulled up, and the hubcaps were like scratched and muddy. And I just had this mm-hmm. moment where I'm like, this is a GameCube game. Like, the detail <laughs> of this world is absurd. Um, I could, you can tell it was almost into, the, like, the Xbox 360 era. Um, yeah, yeah. It pushed the GameCube really hard. It did. Um, but it still run, ran well on the GameCube, from what I can remember. Um, it, yeah, it flawless 30. Yeah, quite exceptional. But So that said, I got into the game, and I was trying to remember the controls, and I found myself surrounded by angry villagers with pitchforks, and... I guess I forgot how, um, how, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, intense? Well, no, no, not intense. The controls do not make sense. (laughs) They are unintuitive, one might say, if you haven't Hmm. played them in a while. I think I disagree with that, but continue. Well, but the thing is, like, after playing modern games and going back to this, you know, it has the tank controls, of course. It, you have very loose controls over your your aiming, so you have to stop, you have to aim, but Leon kind of has a shaky hand. You have to do like like a button combo almost to like turn around, and you can get caught on objects. And um, I felt so out of out of control that I was like yelling at Leon as if he were a horror movie protagonist, like, "No, don't go in there, Leon! Don't, don't go in there! No, turn around! Turn around!" And he kept getting his head chopped off. And I put the game down. I'm like, this is incredibly stressful. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so I went downstairs and I had a snack and I had a good think <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. And I came back up and I'm like, okay, I know this game is fun and I need to get over the fear and just and master it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that made it click in my head. Mm-hmm. I started to see the game is a turn-based strategy game. Like, did oh. you ever play the new XCOM games? Yeah. So in that game, you know, it's turn-based, you, you know, so when, you, when it's your turn, you say, I'm going to run behind this cover, and this alien is close to me, so I'm going to target him first and pop over the cover and shoot him in the head, and then it's going to be in my turn, and I know that all the aliens are going to be able to move a little bit closer in this environment. Mm. It's very, like, blocked out like that. And Resident right. Evil 4 is actually built in a similar way, to where you can't just smoothly run around and go, you know, take these villagers on on manic chases or something mm-hmm. you have to like stand your ground decide that i'm going to prioritize you know the guy who's about to throw something at me first and then shoot that guy in the head and then i'm out of time and now i've got to turn around run away and then turn around again and start fighting again you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so yeah. it, it it's like the pacing of it is blocky but that turns it very strategic and i actually ended up having a a super duper fun time Awesome. Yeah, I've never heard of it described like that, but because I always think of the controls as almost like a dance. Um, But Mm. you said, I think what you said is the same thing as a dance. Mm -hmm. It's just, you're describing it differently than me. Um, And so I think we're, we're, we're seeing the same thing in that sense where it's, you're right. You can't, well, in the VR version, you can run and shoot. um, So it makes it a lot easier, but you're right. In in the regular version, you have to stand your ground and place your shots exactly where you think you're going to go. Um, and to me, that feels fluid and intuitive, 
Um, but that's because I was just so freaking used to it. I played the yeah. game a trillion times, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool that you were able to find uh, a way to make it make it make sense in your head. I think you have to do the same thing with all Resident Evil games as well, with with the real tank controls, um, and and you know the yeah. top down camera. Yeah, I yeah. Think you have yeah. to it's click it in your mind before it even makes any sort of sense, you know. Um, so how far did you get? Uh, not too far. I got um. Oh, I just got to, uh, who's that guy that is locked in the house, uh, in the locker Luis. room? Luis. Yeah, so I rescued him, and then I saw the, you know, the, the mysterious merchant, and I saw Welcome. Him. What are you buying? So, that's actually- Got some rare things on sale, straight More than I needed to play, because the podcast hasn't even gotten up to that point yet, so. Oh. Um, oh, that, they're going real slow. Uh, it was like the intro episode, so they also talked about the history of Resident Evil and stuff. Ah, so. gotcha. You want to take a guess on how long it takes me to beat the entire village when I'm in full speedrun mode? Four minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't know if not... you know cool skips or something. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know any. There's no skips like that. There's no okay. sequence breaks. Twenty-five um, minutes. Uh, it's a little more realistic. Forty minutes to beat the village. Okay, I don't really have a good because it took me like I don't. I, the first time we went through it, it felt like you know, a good three hours or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a good, you know, memory of that. Sure, but, sure, sure. Um, um, well, it's just, it's crazy great. how different the game can feel when you know it and when you don't. Um, Even in my I limited guess time playing game. it, I feel like I felt that, where I was mm-hmm. slogging mm-hmm. through and getting murdered and over and over again. And then one thing clicked, and I'm just like, bam, 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 bam. I got three herbs and didn't get hurt. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that, was, that felt good. So. One of the one of the greatest feelings in that game, and I think no game that I've played does it as well, is the sense of overwhelming odds. Yeah. Um, but but fair overwhelming odds. And a lot of people say Dark Souls is similar, and I actually disagree with that. Um, but I get what they're coming from when they mention Dark Souls. But when you're dropped in a room, even like the vill- intro village area, when you're dropped in an, an area with just so many enemies and these enemies are not pushovers like you know call of duty enemies pew pew and they're dead you know these guys mm-hmm. are a threat and then of course you add in the controls and you're like i can't drive this thing it's too clunky yeah. and but you're left with just enough like i have you know seven bullets and a piece of toast and i can throw at them you know you just you have just enough stuff you're never you're never empty but you're mm-hmm. never full and, and it's you like have so oh I can, I can do it interesting options like every decision you make is incredibly important like yes i'm yes. going to run that is a decision i'm not just always running constantly i know maybe in the mm-hmm. your new fancy vr version you can do that <laughs> but back in the old days yeah um well i will just say one more thing and then we can move on um and i would just like to say that when i cleared out uh the whole ch- you know the chainsaw entrance scene mm-hmm. where you have the upper story house i was looking around rooting around for items and I was at the top of the house, and I'm like, oh, I have to run back down, I guess. And I'm like, oh, no, there's a ladder here, so I can just leave the house. So I went up to the window and pressed A, and Leon decided the best course of action was to kick the ladder down, then do a flip out of the two-story house <laughs> and land on his feet. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil 4 is nothing if not incredibly campy, mm-hmm. and I love it. Like, the, one of the first campy lines in the whole game is right after that section where the camera zooms out when all the villagers are leaving, and Leon goes, oh, where's everybody going? Bingo. And it's like, yeah, this is a pretty campy game, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, cool i'm i'm really glad you're playing it man that's yeah. what I a crazy coincidence the... that we wanted to talk about the same game yeah yeah um the vr version is really dang cool i highly recommend it to literally everybody it's worth the 340 dollars it costs to get a quest 2 and buy the game wow. <laughs> yep and i'll probably play other vr games at some point uh, maybe so uh brian what do you think about resident evil 4 um <laughs> Yeah, I haven't played it in a long time. Cool. All right, what are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> What's the game you've been playing, Brian? Um, well, so Cameron, before that, I wanted to talk to you about mm-hmm. um, we were having a conversation in Discord about Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you were asking us why we were enjoying our time with it. Yes. Um, Steven, you've actually been the one who's been playing it. I've just been watching you play it, but because Cameron was like, he thought we didn't like 2D Metroidvania games. So why have mm. you been having a good time with Metroid Dread? I do like 2D Metroidvania games. Okay, well, that would do it then. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but Brian, do you? Um, I mean, it's not like a genre I'm going to go out of my way to try to play all the time. Um, but it's something that I can enjoy. Like, okay. I enjoyed the Ori games. Well, um, I enjoy the Ori games. I think those are right. different, if you ask me. Oh, okay. 
Um, I can see that. They're yeah, very light less... on the backtracking sort mm-hmm. of that getting lost awesome. in a Metroid world. You're not really having to hunt and peck for stuff in those games. Nope. Um, so for I mean I love Metroid Zero Mission. Um, I haven't really played very many 2D Metroidvania games actually. So I guess I'm kind of ignorant of the genre. If we don't count Ori, then I think it's pretty much only been Metroid Zero Mission for me. Oh, okay. Um. No, I guess I played Shadow Complex. What about like Castlevania? Uh, that was a games? long time ago. Nope, I've never played any Castlevania games, mm. which is a weird blank spot for me as well. I don't, I don't um, like them either. <laughs> <laughs> and I've only watched Stephen play Metroid Dread. I have not actually played it myself I you so played far. It, so, like for one sitting. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm, I think I think you. <laughs> no, I would remember that better than you. I haven't. I, I think you're <laughs> wrong about what you've done in your life. No, I, I I played it for like twenty seconds. I think. Okay. okay. Um, but maybe that was the sitting. Maybe we're agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it looks like a lot of fun so far. Um, I mean, I think it it has flowed really well so far. We don't tend to get stuck in it very quickly. Um, it's super snappy. Wait, the controls... so what is the context of this conversation exactly? Is there a reason we should? Uh, Cameron be was it? saying. Well, Cameron was saying he just bounced off it because he always oh, bounces off okay. these games. I see. Um, and so, and I'm assuming the, the reason you bounce off at Cameron is because it just, it it constantly halts your, your progress, basically, and makes you hunt and peck for the way forward. <sighs> There's a lot of reasons I don't like Metroidvania games. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, well, especially with 2D games like that, I get really claustrophobic. Yeah. I don't like... I don't like yeah. exploring tunnels in 2D. It, I, I don't like having options like that in 2D. For some reason, I feel like there's, mm. there's infinite possibilities, and I, get, I just freeze up, and I can't really play it anymore. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, me, and, me and Zach were talking. Um, by the way, everybody, Zach's doing good. If uh, he's been, Oh, good. He's been Great. Recently, but he's, he's, doing, he's doing pretty good. Um, hi, Zachary. Yeah. He's not listening. Hey, Zach. How's Probably it going, not. dude? He's not I'll listening. tell him you guys said hi. Um, yeah. But I, what I came to realize is that what I like I don't like to explore to proceed. I like to explore to discover. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And games like Metroid are exploring to proceed. You have to explore to keep on going. Whereas games like Breath of the Wild, I explore things to discover. There's no need to explore. Interesting. So, um, like, would you? What would you? Where would you put a game like Outer Wilds? I don't know if you played enough of it, but like a game where I, there I, is no yep. gameplay beyond the exploration. I bounced Missed. off of Outer Wilds as well because it was okay. explored to proceed, and I didn't like it. Yeah. it, it I got okay. claustrophobic again because I didn't know what to do, and there was too many options to, of what to do, and I just panicked so, and I quit. You you don't like the idea of there being exploration, but the game needs you to solve certain puzzles or mm-hmm. do certain things. If if you are given the tools to explore it, you want it to be a sandbox where you can just go anywhere, and you don't want it to be asking specific things of you. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably what it boils down to. And then there's probably some exceptions yeah. on both sides, but I just mm-hmm. I don't like being given figure out the solution to this puzzle and then have 700 yeah. options. I just, I just can't deal with that. Yeah, I you're just... right, because like Vampire and Pathologic kind of froze you up for similar reasons yeah, as well. Yep. Yeah, both yeah. of those games I, could yeah. not, I, couldn't, no, I couldn't handle. That makes sense, but definitely a difference I have because I love games like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. And I can see what people would. I can picture the itch it scratches when you get yeah. things like that and exploring every nook and cranny would be so fun, but yeah. I just get panicked and I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, 2D Metroid games, uh, or sorry, 2D games in general, I can get why you would also feel claustrophobic in that I feel it's a lot harder to get a natural sense of how things connect in a 2D space than in a 3D space, Mm -hmm. where you kind of are constantly having to recheck your map and stuff, because it's like, how do these rooms work? Like, wait, what what goes where? It's like, Mm -hmm. I do find it can be a little unnatural in that sense, where it's it's hard to, like, Mm -hmm. really get it. A natural feel for things compared mm-hmm. to i mean i like those kinds of games as well but i think that it's there are many fair criticisms i would lob at uh the metroid formula um mm-hmm. but i think that by this point in the series they have gotten so laser focused on what works that those yeah don't bother me anymore really yeah yeah metroid dread is an interesting game because it, it really doesn't seem to like really innovate anything mm, it about. just does it perfectly it just does it really well. It yeah. like it does the action really well. It does the controls really well. It it, it just feels incredibly satisfying. The animation is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so it honestly, just, it, it, it's it, it's super fun game to watch. That's uh, what um this the sort of this team's previous game, the Metroid Two remake on 3DS, felt like. <clears throat> it's like there was really nothing new about that game at all. 
in a tactically in some ways it wasn't even a new game um it was a remake but uh this one feels like they are taking that refining it and actually creating some new things around it like you know the emmy rooms for example that's sort of a tried and true metroid concept but it is definitely a new way to experience the game so it actually feels pretty fresh uh from my perspective Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but i have been playing um beyond metroid dread that got me curious uh and i've been playing the original metroid um like have you ever played that cameron the nes one the nes one oh that's right yeah there was a game by one too i think but the metroid 2 yeah okay gotcha um have i played that no i surely don't think i have it is rough like i imagine yeah yeah you would hate it (laughs) i'm sure yeah (laughs) it's incredibly clunky it gives you no direction whatsoever i mean it's very much like zelda one compared to the rest of the zelda games is metro compared to the rest of the metro games man but metro doesn't hold up as well right (laughs) partially because like it already metroid games are way clunkier than zelda games Mm -hmm. in my opinion in terms of being obtuse and difficult to to navigate and understand um but then take that and put it on the nes and have that kind of NES enemies spawning constantly in rooms and getting you hurt and getting health back in the game. I, the only method I found to do it is to stand next to an enemy spawner and repeatedly kill the enemies as they come out of it. It sounds like a Mega like, Man trick. And it takes like three minutes to get your health back. Even <laughs> when you die, you come back with like no health. Um, so incredibly frustrating game. I never made any progress in it before. The only reason I'm actually quite enjoying it and making progress in it now is because the switch lets me rewind mm-hmm. and that actually makes it pretty fun um because i could just undo all of my state mistakes immediately and actually make progress in the game all but right so are, are you Lord, making progress if you're trying to play this uh yeah i've gotten like three or four items and have i think i've gotten further than i've ever made it before um wow and it, it's been interesting to see the the the, the roots of this um whole genre and it's one of those things that it's like yeah at the time this just would have been so cool because the sense of like of exploring this vast world and seeing how everything interconnects like on the nes um there is almost nothing like it especially if you don't count zelda but it's like one what's interesting about metroid games is they're basically like if you took a zelda dungeon and made one dungeon an entire game and Hmm. because they're just that vast and interconnected and it's like all the stuff of a zelda dungeon you get an item it unlocks the stuff for you now you can defeat those enemy types there are chambers that connect together it's the same principle it's just like well what if this you took all of the zelda dungeons in a game and all the zelda items of a game and stuck them into one giant dungeon um you know i you say that and i realize now i mean it it firms my feelings that i always disliked the dungeons in zelda for the same reasons and so you're right. Um, the Metroid yes. game is basically just a giant dungeon, and that's kind of yeah. similarly is why I don't like them. Yep. It, it brings that same, mm-hmm. it evokes that same feeling. Yes. I think when I was younger, I didn't really like um, Zelda dungeons very much. I just wanted to explore. Um, yeah. Now the exploration is still like uh, at the heart of it for me personally, but I also uh, have grown an appreciation for the dungeon design. For example, when I first played the water dungeon in majora's mask i hated it i thought it was oh, it was just bad. a death <laughs> trap and i resented every second i had to spend in it and used to walk through and when i revisited it uh, in recent years i'm like this is genius i'm having so much fun <laughs> well they mm-hmm. they improved that on the 3ds version just fyi yeah, yeah that's <laughs> well wait in majora's mask they also improved that version oh yes oh yes yeah they oh, gave you like yeah, showed yes. you the way the water was flowing yeah and stuff like okay that. so maybe my younger self had a point but the, the, yeah. the, honestly the majora's mask dungeons aren't very good i'm gonna be honest like the 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 um the first dungeon the swamp dungeon is okay but the rest of them are very mediocre and you can tell a game was made in like nine months <laughs> it's interesting because that's what i remembered but when i went back to it i really enjoyed them they um, changed a lot a lot <laughs> I, 
did they, they a lot. really of they the, did of like the structure of how they're designed and i mean like they the didn't like rearrange rooms but they made things way easier to navigate that and they might made, have made a big difference they got rid of um like for example on the, at the stone temple dungeon or mm -hmm. whatever there's a point where you have to the, the world flips upside down you have to go find a mini boss and if you die you have to go back outside That's flip the right. dungeon go back inside yeah. and they fix that they fix that entirely. No, the quality so. of life things in Majora's yeah. Mask remake were pretty vital. Well, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Majora's Mask was made in nine months. Yeah, and you can tell. Um, yeah, I have yeah. I have less regard for Majora's Mask nowadays, actually, in some Ooh, in some ways. Them's like fighting words. In in tone and atmosphere, it's still a masterclass. But it was a really rushed game, and it shows. Yeah, <laughs> it's a deeply flawed mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. Um, it its strengths and weaknesses is that it was such a bizarre. Yes. ridiculous project that never should have come mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. um so late in development of the or the late yeah. life span i can't of believe they actually went through with it it's yeah what a weird game yep the other weird. game i've been playing is i've been going back to uh animal crossing again oh getting ready for, for the, the new stuff update yeah yeah, yeah yeah so that's been a lot of fun to, have you did to, you guys pay the absurd amount of money for the nintendo dlc garbage N the new the new virtual console thing mm -hmm. or the new online no i mean i assume i'm just gonna buy the dlc separate from what i've heard of those in 64 games mm. they sound really bad mm -hmm. um and so i don't really want to play them <laughs> i um i i got i'm on i am added to my sister's my sister-in-law mm. sister-in-law um yeah. her nintendo switch online account and she's like the biggest animal crossing fan literally i've ever known here, this is a fun game. Mm -hmm. Guess how many hours she has in Animal Crossing? Oh. The new one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say 320. Okay, Steven. Well, it's been out since early 2020. A year and a half, I guess. Yeah. I think I uh, may have been low. 500 hours. You're closer, Steven. It's about 600 hours. Yeah. Jeez. Um, that's the kind of fan she is. So she immediately bought yeah. the DLC because she wants the... She wants the um, the animal crossing stuff and yeah. so that means i got it too because i'm on her family um and yeah the the roms are really rough i think that was a really stupid that's decision majorly disappointing i was excited Nintendo, about that. how are the genesis ones sucks um i haven't played them i don't know uh oh. i actually haven't heard anything about them so they're probably they're yeah. apparently okay because they're, they're not making news you know yeah um the 64 ones are what, what's really bad is the the input lag um, mm. it's kind of miserable, actually, how bad the input lag is in, oh, in Ocarina of Time, wow. specifically, it's what I'm playing. Um, it's, uh, it makes it almost so not unacceptable, man. Nintendo sucks, man. Stop making... Stop, stop, just stop. Just be better, please. <laughs> just be better. <laughs> That's all I want. All I want is Breath yeah. of the Wild 2 to be good. I'll never, I'll never think about Nintendo again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, what are I'm you doing read. in Animal Crossing? I lost the thread there. Ah, oh, there we go. Um... Just kind of getting back into the things, dec decorated at some for, for Halloween and fall and kind of uh, getting the dust off of each of our different houses and characters. And you have a lot of and characters. Just, yeah, enjoying seeing the um, seeing the town again, talking to villagers and getting over the, it's been 67 months since I last saw you. <laughs> they're, pretty, um, they're pretty nice in this version of the game, though. Yeah, they're pretty chill. And the game's much less aggressive about, like, throwing weeds everywhere and, and all that. So it's it's been it's been good but i'm i didn't watch the nintendo direct so i know very few details of what's coming in yeah same actually stuff yeah. but i know the very basics and it makes me very excited because it's basically two i think the basically the three things that i most found missing in animal crossing are coming in the dlc so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think so too like i said i didn't watch it i, I did read some stuff yeah. but i did not watch it specifically but i knew and i know yeah. like rooster's coming back um yep yep and uh, that's about all i know really besides like yeah. I, don't, I don't even really know what the dlc is actually it's like mm. creating yeah. houses i, I, don't, I don't really know that either it's some yeah. happy home designer kind of thing i'm not sure yeah I don't um, know. we'll see but yeah so I'm, I'm gonna go back to it as well so i'm excited yeah, and apparently this is the end of stuff they're going to be doing. The, the final update yep. for Animal Crossing. And the so. final update for Super Smash Bros. You think they're about to release a new Switch or something? Yeah. It's almost like that's what they were planning on. Um, uh, the, the, the leading theory is that there was supposed to be a new Switch this year, but they couldn't make yeah. it because of the chip shortages. Yeah, so they're like, ah, yeah. slap a new screen in it and sell it for $1,000. People were stupid yeah. enough to buy it. <sighs> 
I hate I, I'm sucks. detecting camera or detecting a little bit of frustration here. I've been so frustrated normally, with Nintendo I would since be, like 2010. I would be, uh, you know, dramatically defending my friend Nintendo, but the N64 thing is just really bad. <laughs> so even I'm sort of, uh, I'm going to yeah. stay in my corner have on this you, one. Have you seen the, the screenshot comparisons of Ocarina of Time versus the N64 version? I've only it's, heard yeah. about them. It sounds pretty It's bad. laughable. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. terrible. You know what? What, what actually makes me because most of the time I'm just like, just don't play it. It's fine. You know, don't bother complaining about it. All Not day. in this case, but yeah. in this case, it's like the thing that actually makes me most upset about it is I imagine all of these younger Nintendo fans saying, finally, an an easy way to legally digitally download like. The original like N sixty four games. I can't wait to see what they are, and they're not going to even see them historically accurate. It's mm-hmm. it's terrible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about mm-hmm. video games the whole episode so far. Are we doing yep. anything else? All right, all right. We're moving on from video games. I, I so, would like uh, to wrap it up here in a little bit because I have got an early morning tomorrow. Oh, we've got a couple hours left here. I have an agenda here, so uh, <laughs> okay. Are we going to see by sunbeam? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Here's what we're doing next. What we are doing next is story time, but scary. Oh. So spooky story time. Oh, well, that's an alternate title that I will put under consideration. (laughs) Um, Are you ready, Stephen? Yeah. You sounded doubtful. Yeah. Who's editing it, I wonder? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I probably could. I might not be that busy this week. (laughs) If you would like to, that would be lovely. Hmm. But do I have a deadline? Offering, no. The first. Let's see. Um, I'm scheduled, <laughs> scheduled to clean my bathroom on Thursday. Oh my god! Um, you scheduled to clean your bathroom? Yeah, man. It, man, just look at it one day and be like, "Dang, it needs to be cleaned today. I better clean it and then but, clean it." Like, no, that doesn't work because when it's dirty, that it needs to be cleaned. But I'm never gonna just randomly be able to do it that day. So, your guys' lives are too much for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> because if I see my bathroom when I'm home from work, I can just go, "Yeah, I'm gonna clean it tonight." I think probably it needs to be. Cleaned. I mean, I'm more like you, Cameron. I'm not quite sure what what's up with steven's life at this point i Um, think that cleaning the bathroom is a huge undertaking wait shoot no i actually do plan to clean the kitchen every week on friday but it's not because i can't do it other days right i I get having a routine but the way steven described it does not seem like a routine to me more like he planned like seven weeks in advance that this is the day that the bathroom will be dirty enough to in order to be cleaned (laughs) yes i could explain my whole thought process but it'd be exceedingly boring so let's just move on (laughs) yeah that's not a spooky story uh is it all right well we could just do one round steven and if you okay. feel like that's enough editing work, we can we can call it there. How does that sound? All right, let's do it. Story time. All right, it's been a while. All right, Stephen, you're always the best at setting these up, so I'm going to oh, give you first he's turn. Not though. And oh, then I'm already going back Cameron, into the bad mindset. It's already and here. And then I'm going to get to no. Me. So <laughs> here we go. Um, all right, who's timing me? Oh, actually, sorry, no, it's going to be Stephen and then me and then Cameron. Oh God. I will time you. Okay. What do we do? Thirty seconds. Yeah. All right, thirty seconds. Go. One day, Stephen was cleaning his bathroom. It was a normal Thursday, which is when he likes to clean his bathroom. Uh, uh oh, he said, it's haunted. And that's when he realized that there was a, lot of a spirit residing inside of his toilet. That's what had been oh. making all of the spooky sounds we've been hearing in the bathroom recently. True story. And so Stephen did the only thing that he rationally and logically could do, and he called Dr. Phil. All right, stop. <laughs> I'm really Why? glad you got the last. You're useless. The last, the last ah! bit in there. Um, you called Dr. Phil? That, this that is doesn't why we don't make... do story time. Oh my All right. God. I, I'll admit that was a plot twist. Ah! Um, okay, I hate you. I'm ready. I panicked. I know you panicked. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure. All oh, the pain ooh. and torment of 10 years of podcasting with you always comes right. flooding back with story time. <laughs> All oh. right. Um, can someone time me? No, but yes. <laughs> oh, oh, Cameron's okay. doing it. Okay. All okay. Right. Three, uh, three, two, one, go. You need to clean up, said Dr. Phil over the phone. And Stephen was like, I know, doctor. That's why I'm calling you. There's a spirit of my toilet. And whenever I see ghosts, I think I should call a responsible psychiatrist 
to solve this. And Dr. Phil's like, I'm a psychologist, not a psychiatrist, because I lost my license to give out medication after that one incident. And Stephen's like, oh, then I guess I shouldn't have called you, and threw the phone into the toilet because he was so angry at Dr. Phil. But what that actually did was transplant... Oh. Nope. What it actually did was... <laughs> Sorry, Cameron, I was going Oh, man, like our archetypes for story time are always shining through here i mean two, I was, two out of three I, I promise two out of three out of I, our, our i promise members. i was going somewhere with that but i <laughs> yeah. got cut off don't believe you anyways someone right, time steven me. steven time cameron oh wait why are we all time <laughs> can't you just <laughs> what why do we all can't, have to time can't you just time me brian <laughs> For some reason in my head, I thought I was being fair. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. As soon as the haunted telephone hit the toilet, the toilet exploded into a million porcelain pieces. Water was shooting everywhere, and there was this ghastly sound. Stephen literally fell into the bathtub, almost breaking his spine in scaredness because he'd never seen anything like this before. Whoa, Stephen! You've unlocked the ghost of toilets past! Ooh, he said, but there was like water running everywhere, so it was like. Alright, stop. <laughs> I feel like we're self-parody at this point. Like, do we need to call it call it quits? Well, let's let's just uh -huh. take a quick recap. I set up a a very competent beginning and then made something completely um, innocuously uh, pointless, um, useless. At the yeah, end. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And we passed it off to somebody else. Ryan got caught up in talking in circles about inane details <laughs> as he panicked inwardly, and Cameron made everything explode. So Listen, I, for the record, for the record, I was not panicking. I was genuinely interested in the details. No, but nobody else with. in the world was, Brian. <laughs> Oh, why you are know, we come to worst? think of it, come to think of it, the difference between psychologists and psychiatrists probably not important for a ghost story. Probably uh, not important. I'm, I'm just I'm, gonna I'm, say it. Probably not important. All right, guys. So we can take a vote here. Do we end that story oh, there geez. and try again, or do we? No, try to I, this? I, I made the story interesting again. We have to finish this. All right, Stephen, are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Be, um, be uh, better, Stephen. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Be better. Um, oh, <laughs> let's get better. Okay, can I get a? Can I? You're get a, you're losing time, man. Can I get a start over? All right. I was, okay, what just happened? I need to to place myself. Steven fell in the bathtub. <laughs> the voice was was saying it's it's a ghost of toilets or something. Yep. Also, can we please use that Cameron laugh for like a clown that comes in in the next scene? Oh, trust because... me, I know what to do with the end. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're All so right. inept yes. at this. All right, Stephen, are you ready? Oh my gosh. I'm so not ready, but I think we're just gonna have three, to. Three, two, one, go. S S Steven's eyes swam <laughs> with with the horrors happening in, in front of him, erupting from the toilet. A flow of water with the face of Dr. Phil. What have you done? He shrieks to the heavens. I have now been encased within your toilet, which definitely is not an analogy for my TV program. <laughs> and then gone in the blink of an eye only stop in the blink of an eye is where we got steven i'm really glad you picked up what i was trying to put down there which is that dr phil wouldn't have at the toilet mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that's that was important okay I, I did i do have to mention steven yeah. you, you did a good job steven you did a good job Thank, i do thanks, have to mention though thanks. we definitely got rid of my line from i said the ghost of toilet past or something um, oh i missed that so i i kind of what i assumed is like the ghost of Toilet Pass was always there, but by throwing the phone in, Dr. Phil, like, like gave, embodied, it gave it, like, oh, a yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why he was so, so out Okay, so this is you the said DVD it was commentary, over. So, yeah. You said it was over, and in the blink of an eye, something happened, right? Yeah, it was over, and in the blink of an eye, something, something, right. something. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, so. uh, 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 three, two, one, go. There was silence, which is a mixed metaphor. Anyway. Then Cube, Brian comes into the bathroom, wondering where Steven went, but all he sees... Oh, what? Did he say my name? What? 
I thought you said my name. Sorry. <laughs> that all he sees is an empty bathroom. Steven, he said, kind of like Luigi says Mario's name in Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> and the toilet said, Yes. And Brian fell backwards into the bathtub, nearly breaking his spine. Stop. And said, okay. <laughs> Nothing <All> happened. Right. <laughs> it's... No, something totally happened. I had Steven get eaten by a toilet and Brian discover him. Now, admittedly, oh, does this make the story more interesting and intriguing and complex? Or does it make it confusing? Cause <laughs> no, now there's, there's like seven people deep. in this toilet. There's the ghost of Toilet Pass. There's Dr. Phil. And there's Steven in the toilet. I, I mean, it's what I'm gathering. Okay, anyways. yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, you're interpretive. You can take this anywhere you want. Do you want to end it here or do one more round after this? I can end it. I, I, I can end it. Okay, Cameron. Thank you. Put us out of our misery. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. But Brian t- tripped over the bathtub and fell into the toilet as well. And suddenly there was this whooshing sound and the toilet reformed itself back to its perfect space. There was no water in the bathroom, but there was also no Brian and no Steven. Cut. One month later, Stephen and Brian's mom and dad crying over a toilet that they think their sons were absorbed into because they have no other option. Where could they be? They just disappeared one day, and the toilet was once in a while would go, Ooh, there's like seven ghosts in the toilet. Just bulldoze the house. But nobody did the end. I was about right. to say, why would they possibly think that we were absorbed by our own <laughs> toilet until you told me that it talked to them? I, I that... wrote myself into a corner and I had to explain it. <laughs> well done, Cameron. I'm uh, that was a very impressed. That was a very efficient ghost story. Um, whether it was <laughs> scary, that's... Uh, ah, crap, other... we didn't make it scary. Um, that's there was also blood everywhere! Yeah. Now yeah. it's scary. One, so that One was... day... I would just like to say something, mm-hmm. if yep. I may. Yep. That was a very unique story in that okay. yeah, I don't think anyone's ever told it before, but, but also <laughs> it was a very unique story, story time, in that it was completely inane. It wasn't good yes. at all, but okay. it, it was also at the same time not the sorts of um, sort of panicky trash that we would sometimes put together in the <laughs> no, past. No, it was rather like, competent. We seem to be enjoying the fact <laughs> that we're so bad at telling stories rather than getting upset and anxious about it. I yeah. think there's always an underlying factor of this is hilariously bad. Um, yeah. Yes, there are probably some story times where I was actually angry. <laughs> Yeah. But this was not one of them. Um, and there's always an underlying tone of like, man, we suck at this. That's why it's so funny. Yeah, oh, my gosh. That, that was delightful. Um, happy Halloween, everybody. I happy Halloween. That you all tell this story to each other over campfires. And, and I would and like tell it to your, your children and your children's children and pass it down through the ages. I was going to say, I want that story rewritten well by you, Stephen. Like just a a, a novella or a yeah, short like story. Yeah, like a 10-page short story of actual writing with that story. What about it. Stephen and the Haunted Toilet in the style of Edgar Allan Poe? Uh, are, you ask, are you telling yourself to do this? Because yes, that's a lot I was of work. saying, what is, that, is that the idea? Maybe that's the... Direction. I mean, that's a different interpretation of what I was saying. Sure, um, but it, it would require more work, I assume, because you have to think of, like, yeah, rhyme. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe doesn't rhyme. All the time, the yeah, Raven he's not rhymes. A real poet. Some of them don't, though, right? He doesn't rhyme all the time, does he? Well, does no, but the Raven Edgar rhymes. Allen the Raven rhymes, though. Rhyme? That's what I'm saying. But you Stephen said is he's... trying to say, does he always rhyme? Well, that's not even the question, though. My point. The point is, he said in the style of Edgar Allan Poe's "The Raven." Oh, then yeah, oh, Stephen is moving right. the goalposts. I think you got me on this one. Well, yeah. Yep. <laughs> moving the old goalposts. Speaking of moving um, the goalposts. When do we end the show? <laughs> wait a minute. I think in the in the Raven he rhymed door with door. No, wait. Okay, never <laughs> mind. He he. That's purposeful. He's being artistic. We are gonna have oh, a no, serious he rhymes issue door here. with once more. He also rhymes. Well, he keeps doing like explore with 
explore and then door with door and then mm. shore with shore. That's true. So I think it's purposeful. So I'm going to let him off the hook there. Um, sorry, what was the question that someone also asked a moment ago, but I wasn't Well, listening. I'm just concerned because I think the only slant rhyme I can come up with for toilet is soylent, and that's as far as I've gotten so far. Okay. Toilet. Well, you... Boil it. Yeah, boil it. Oh, that's good. Is it? Boil it. <laughs> I, I can work with that, yeah. Wait, where's okay. anything going to be boiling in the, in the bathroom? Uh... Uh-huh. Foil it? And it's evil plans to... Oh, anything with it at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Spoil anything. Yeah. I'll get back to you on this. I'll I'll figure it out. Figure it out. Okay. So now you're going to edit the podcast and write an Edgar Allan Poe. Write an Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, you know what? Ironically, I might have to put off cleaning my bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the spirits are going to start haunting it, so... Oh, that's when (sighs) it starts. Don't do that. Clean the bathroom, Steven. (laughs) Never take a week off. Um, Man. Well, thank you, Cameron, for joining us this week. This was lovely. That was a great episode. I'm I'm better than last week's or months, even I would say. I would say so. Thank you, Stephen, for for joining us today. It was uh, so wonderful to have you here the entire episode twice in a row. I feel like it is. We are just being. Um, what would you say? Mm-hmm. The word showered with good things. That's why I remember like a toilet that explodes that. because of a ghost. That's oh, that's a metaphor. beautiful metaphor. Yeah. Yes, and and thank me, me. Thank for you, being you. Me. Wait, it was actually a simile. <laughs> You're a simile. And thanks everyone for listening. Um, happy You're like Halloween. a simile, Cameron. You're like a metaphor. Okay, everyone, we need to end this on a spooky Halloween note. So, Stephen. Bum. Oh well, that works. <laughs>